0: It is Monday, the 11th day of March, 2019. With this Connecting Dots, we're gonna take a little bit of a deep dive and talk about what happened with Boeing, what's going on with China, what's going on with tuna boat countries. That's a phrase you probably haven't heard of or may not recall from many, many years ago. We're gonna talk a little bit about territorial trade disputes. We're gonna talk about the dispute with united states and china and we're going to talk about airline crashes and manufacturing we're going to connect all these dots in today's episode
1: connecting dots is a production of fixed cost financial the home of fixed cost investing all rights reserved rebroadcast or distribution prohibited without expressed written authorization Connecting dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This broadcast does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Always read and all applicable information carefully before making an investment decision. Investments are not bank guaranteed, not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed.
0: Now, if you paid attention to the news in the last couple of days, you noticed that there's a Boeing 737 that had a crash, killed everybody on board. This is the second crash in the last few months of a Boeing 737. Now, why is that important? Because Boeing is a major component in a lot of investment portfolios. I'm going to give you some statistics on that here in just a moment. But this is a narrow-body plane. And something that you should always remember and never forget when it comes to aviation is that the great big 747s, the big Airbuses, Those are going away in favor of smaller planes that have more access to regional airports and greater flights. One of the things with artificial intelligence, which is nothing more than hardware and software, it's a phrase I always have a hard time with. I really don't like that phrase artificial intelligence because it's just the progression of hardware and software. If you go back to Eli Whitney, with the cotton gin and we can go back many many years before that i mean when the first caveman zog and Krog figured out how to make fire and make a wheel and began doing thatched roofs that was technology so technology is something that you can't freak out about this whole thing about coding it's just manufacturing whether it's manufacturing ones and zeros data whether it's cement block planting trees it's all just It's a process of manufacturing. But one of the things that people would prefer is not to have to go, for example, to Tampa or to Orlando. If you live in Ocala, you can drive to Gainesville. Now here we have in Ocala an international airport, but no flights that anybody can get on other than private flights because this is an international airport for the transportation of horses. This is the horse capital of America. Yes, the Kentucky Derby area and all that, but more horses are raised here. And this is, again, called the horse capital of America. But what people want is they want to be able to get closer to their destination without having to take secondary flights and and driving, etc. So smaller, narrow-body planes with higher fuel efficiency, that's what we want. In addition to which, you want pilots and Again, in the past, you used to get pilots from the military and they went into the civilian Air Force. Well, you're getting more and more civilian training of pilots. And again, that's a whole area that we could discuss at length. Now, Boeing has been on a three-year stock rally, and this 737 has done very well for them. For example... China has bought quite a few of the 737s but what did China do as a result of this latest crash now you should understand that this crash happened in in Ethiopia okay uh lion air that's the first one that happened I'm sorry this most recent one was in Ethiopia the one before that flight 610 uh, you had in in Indonesia again killing almost every, well everybody on board but China has 96 of these seven. 37s and they grounded all of them right off the bat boom you're done now why is that a big deal because china accounts for 20 percent of the orders for 737s here's the problem these are two airlines okay 737 these are two what we call tuna boat countries that have airlines and i'll tell you what tuna boat countries means a lot of people probably don't know that phrase it's not meant to be derogatory it is meant to articulate an issue that happened years ago during the Jimmy Carter administration. Specifically, I believe is 1981. As I get to my notes, I'll be able to give you some more specifics on that. But the key thing is, what you have are some nations that have airlines. Every nation wants to have their own airlines, but it is ludicrous to expect that these people have the same maintenance and security that we have here in the United States. And I'll talk about, the transparency premium here in the United States towards the very end of this discussion. Now, one of the items I think it's important to always remember, never forget, is what happens when something occurs that's a big deal. Let's talk a little bit about the ramifications, even though there's a correlation, there may not be a causation. Now, correlation does not necessarily mean causation. So we have two flights, they went down, and again, what do we do? We look at the manufacturer. We oftentimes blame pilot air. That's the first thing to get blamed. Then you start get, getting the black boxes. But these black boxes in the statistics sometimes are not 100% accurate. Not going to get into the details of that. But a good example would be, you know, the Scully flight, you know, the flight where he landed in the Hudson. Those things are, again, you got to sit down and really kind of dig into the facts and figures to fully understand what's, what goes on, investigating, connecting the dots doing your due diligence, digging in. So let's go back to uh, Lockerbie. Okay, you might remember the Lockerbie bombing, Pan Am flight 103. It was a flight that originated in Frankfurt. It was going to be heading to Detroit and a bomb blew up. It was tied to Muammar Gaddafi. You know that we wound up getting him and killing him during the Obama administration. There's a reason for that. We'll not talk too much about that. I might come back to that a little bit later on. Had to do with Him and his gold and his currency and becoming more of a financial player in the Middle East. You can kill people on an airline, but don't mess with the money, folks. That's one of the things you got to learn real quickly. So as a result, Pan Am Flight 103, 270 people died in that. Happened in 1988. Now, Pan Am began in 1927 as an airline that flew from Miami to Havana. And then in 1991, it went bankrupt. Now, the Gulf War in 1990 and the fuel prices were definitely a contributor to the bankruptcy of Pan Am. There's a lot of issues that were going on. Delta wound up purchasing Pan Am in 1991. On six occasions, people have tried to resurrect the name Pan Am and do different companies. The last one was a complete disaster. A guy got involved, uh, bought the name, and it was basically a cargo company and uh, he's CEO and the founder, oh boy, just a lot of charges against him. Everything from fraud and child pornography and I don't know what the status of that is, but it kinda all went to hell in a handbasket. But you see the correlation there. I'm not talking about causation, but you see the correlation. When you have a major event, when you have a major event, sometimes you have bad things that happen, okay? Lockerbie, 1988. Bankruptcy, 1991. Gulf War 1990 fuel prices go bank go crazy again you can see those kinds of correlations again here Boeing 737s we have Ethiopian and an Indonesian airlines they crash everybody's killed oh what happens China oh we're not going to have these planes anymore ground them all so one of the things these knee-jerk reactions a lot of people who are in the media especially in the business media, they don't get into the details because of advertising. You gotta get the advertising in there and you gotta sensationalize everything. So people like Maria will raise her voice and have lots of of emotional uh, charge in, in the presentation rather than having a detailed discussion as to what's going on. These discussions that I'm having right now with you here on Connecting Dots are the kind of discussions that need to happen when you are managing money. If you are trying to do it on your own, or if you just abdicated to somebody, this is the kind of discussion, these are connecting the dots that you need to do. The quantitative analysis is not a big deal. Crunching the numbers, not a big deal. You can see how many flights are being booked, passengers, fuel, you can crunch the numbers, you can see if the airline is cooking the books or not, you can see the macro trends, you can look at the the laws, the rules, regulations for the government oversight and interference, but the big thing is, qualitative analysis, looking at what people are doing in terms of their gut reaction. You know, People might actually do things like, I don't want to fly a 737, so they rebook their flights to other airlines. And if you have an airline that has acquired a lot of 737s, that could be a problem. Again, airlines, 1903, this is not that long ago. People think, oh, airplanes have been around forever. Well, they haven't been. Now, for some people, forever is yesterday or last year or 10 years from now or 10 years ago. But the first airline, first flight, was Kitty Hawk, 1903. The Wright brothers flew the uh, the uh, Wright Flyer over Kitty Hawk 12 seconds, but it's 12 seconds that changed the world. TWA, for example, in uh, flight 800 in 1996, took off from uh, JFK in New York, was headed to Paris. It blew up a lot of people remember seeing the pictures of that. People were saying that it was a rocket that took it took it out. A lot of controversy over that, a lot of conspiracy, but 230 people died in that flight. Now, the official report on that is that the fuel line uh, had an explosion, but here's the thing, who was TWA? And you notice I said the word was. TWA was an airline that filed bankruptcy and was out of business, acquired by American Airlines in 2001, it started in 1925. Now let's think about this. In two, in 1903, 1903, again, this would be, you see, 1903 would be 12 years before the birth of my father, the Wright brothers fly a plane. That's a big deal, right? Then in 1925, you got TWA becomes a company, 19. 19- 27 Pan Am becomes a company. And you'll notice that 1991 Pan Am um, went belly up. It was acquired by Delta as a result of bankruptcy. And then in 2001 TWA acquired by American Airlines. What's the point in the connecting dot there? Things change. You got to stay current. If you're not staying current, then you're going to eventually be out of business. Will Rogers said you can sit on a, you can be on a you can be on the right track, but if you just sit there, eventually you're gonna get run over, and that's the problem. So let's talk a little bit about Boeing. Uh, Their their revenues are pretty strong. Okay, now we're talking about just pure revenue, and the future, the projection that we're gonna show here for 2019 and and 20, because we're gonna talk about 2018, is pretty easy to do because you've got these orders that are already in place, planes are there, monies are in, we're talking about, again, fairly short-term period. So in 2018, they had $101.2 billion of revenue, pretty strong. 2019, 107.6, and the projection for 2020 is 114.4. Pretty easy to do because you got those orders pretty hardcore, solid, and locked in. Now, Boeing trades at $400 a share. Now, why is that important? That is important because Boeing is a company like uh, a lot of companies where the stock price gets pretty high, you're going to see bigger and bigger institutional ownership shares. So if you look at the statistics for Boeing, you can go to uh, the Wall Street Journal, you can go to MarketWatch, you can go to Bloomberg, you can go to uh, Argus Research, one of our primary research uh, vehicles here at Fixed Cost Financial. What we do know is that 43.73% of the ownership of Boeing is institutional. In fact, the top 10, the top 10 institutional players control 43.73%. So here's the key. A mature institutional buyer is gonna hang in there. You have to look at what are the compositions of these mutual funds, the ETFs, and the, uh, for example, the pensions, the separately managed accounts. Who's managing it? And what are their analysts saying? So you can get a pretty good feel for the direction of a company based upon just a handful of people. A handful of people can make a huge change in how a company performs if they begin to overreact because they don't have the patience and the worth all to stick through. The big companies, the big institutional investors for Boeing are Vanguard, BlackRock, T. Rowe Price, Newport Trust, and uh, State Street. So. What have we done today? We've put together a little bit of a background as to what happened, how we look at a uh, air disaster and what's going on. But um, again, there's a lot more to the story.
1: One minute intermission.
0: You're listening to Connecting Dots. Connecting Dots is a production of fixed-cost financial, the home of fixed-cost investing. The way we do it, it's better, it's simple, and it works. And now, let's return to this episode of Connecting Dots. Now, if you're an investor, one of the things you should always be aware of is that North American securities generally have a higher premium. You pay more for securities in the United States than you will in other countries. And why do you do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. You pay the higher price because of greater transparency, greater regulations, rules, regulations, people are held accountable. And that's just not the case when you go globally. I mean, look, there are problems with proper disclosures in places like China. And again, these tuna boat countries that, are, it's just the risk, the currency risk, the political risk, the security risk are there. And it's called, when you have risk, you got have a premium, it's called a risk premium. So the bottom line is you need to have some type of global position. But again, the domestic and global globalization, companies like Boeing, we're seeing a blurring of the lines. I mean, it. <laughs> It just is a a real blurring. You have a a domestic company that is now um, really heavily involved in international trade, or if you want to call it global expansion. So the bottom line with this is simply understanding where the business comes from. Now, I used the phrase tuna boat countries. I'll give you an example of something that happened years ago. I vividly remember it is happened in 1981. Now the second smallest in terms of size land is in South America is a country called Ecuador, okay? And Ecuador back in the 1980s uh, was getting really fed up with the United States imperialism, that's what they were calling it, on the fishing trawlers that were going down into their waters. Now they claimed, you had to realize years ago, international uh, water rights just a few miles off a of coastline. And way back in the 70s and 80s, you could have Russian uh, warships right off our coast. And so these things have been negotiated, and you have uh, these treaties and our, our boundaries. So they're off a, a good distance. But back then, these guys said, Listen, you fish anywhere within 200 miles of our coast, that's ours. And if you want to do it, you got to pay us. Well, A lot of companies said, we're not doing that. We don't recognize that. And so what happened? Well, they started seizing these tuna boats. So you might remember uh, uh, Sunkissed, Charlie the Tuna, and all that kind of stuff. Those commercials were really popular back then. And I don't watch regular TV anymore. I don't know if uh, Sunkissed Tuna and Charlie the Tuna is really a thing anymore, especially because tuna is now one of those things where people freak out. Oh, I can't believe you're killing tuna. A tuna fish is something you don't eat. Boy, everybody boycotts. At some point in time, somebody's going to boycott palm trees. They'll boycott. Uh, they'll boycott uh, oak trees. They'll boycott St. Augustine grass. God knows what. You know, everything at some point in time gets to become out of favor. The tuna was out of favor for a while there. I guess it might still be. I don't know. But boy, Charlie the tuna. You know, it was. That was a commercial. here's the thing. Bad freaking timing because these countries, are, or Ecuador, is seizing our tuna boats. Jimmy Carter, well, our government paid the fine. They had to fine these companies $10 million. But then we went in and, well, we did other things to get even with these people. So that's where the phrase tuna boat countries come from. International waters, you know, foreign policy, and um, they want a 200, million, 200 mile radius for uh, payment of licenses. Okay, and it really fueled, it fueled in a lot of other countries in South America the view of Yankee imperialism. Now, let's fast forward to today. It's 2019, 2018, 17, 16. What's going on in South America? What do you think is going on? China. Now go back to what I said before. China did what? Oh, we're grounding the Boeing Airlines, they've got 96 of these things, and they account for 20% of the orders coming up for the 737. Here's the thing, China, in the South China Sea, they've been expanding. They've got, oh boy, they, they, they're flexing their muscle with, you know, China, Japan. There's a lot of issues. I mean, they, they want to get a lot more powerful in the China, South China Sea. They're making islands, they're taking over islands out there. I mean, it is truly a volatile situation. Who's gonna stop them? Apparently nobody, because now they're flexing their muscle in South America. Nobody talks about this. The Chinese are really going hog wild in Africa, especially in the area of mining for minerals, but they're also fishing like crazy off the coast of South America but the media has been silent about this because the media has always been silent about China because who manufactures the goods? Who is paying the advertising? When you have paid advertising or paid news media, it's always biased. Always remember that. Same thing we talk about fixed cost financial. When you have fixed cost investing, it's a true fiduciary process as opposed to making a commission. You buy more, you sell more, you have more to manage more, you profit more. There's always going to be a conflict of interest if you're paying more. Okay. So as a result, what we got going on here is we basically have a Boeing. We have a fishing. We have a trade war. We have this brewing trade war with the Chinese has been going on for years. So what we need to do is connect the dots. You have a, a game of chess. It's always a game of chess. It's no different than networking. One of the things we talk all the time is that our clients, we really appreciate our clients who understand the importance and the power of delegating efficiently and effectively. And that means referring people to us because we do it right. We do it better because it's simple and it works. They get it, they refer, and it keeps costs down. Well, trade is a multifaceted chessboard. I mean, it really is, and as a result, you have something else going on in China that nobody is paying attention to. And here's what's going on. It means airline competition. What do I mean by airline competition? Okay. State owned Chinese companies are a big deal And China aircraft, Comcac, China Aircraft Corporation of China, C-O-M-A-C, Comac. They have, They began business, actually. It's just amazing to me. They began business, I believe. Let me see if I can figure out. I made some notes on this. Um, They actually began business in, I think it was 2005 and then 2012, they've already been manufacturing this plane. I didn't write it down, but yeah, it was like 2005 they incorporated and they already started manufacturing this plane called the C. 919. It's being made in, in Shanghai. And guess who it's competing against? Who do you think is competing against? Come on. Who do you think it's competing against? It's competing against Boeing's 737. Interesting, right? So it's competing against the 737. They spent $9.5 billion in development. And you know what? It's already got high demand. Why? Because it's cheaper than all the other airlines out there or air, airplanes out there. Now, Depending upon where you go, they have 450, they have 885, or they have 815 orders already for their C-919, okay? Their C-919. It's a competitor to who? The Boeing 737. And China has 20% of the future orders for the Boeing 737 because they can't make this fast enough. And if you look at who the major buyers are of this, they're mainly Chinese companies, but there's also an American in there. I'll tell you that in just a second. Yeah, they started in 2008 and they basically started their first flights in 2015. But all of the big buyers are Chinese. Now, here's the thing. What's the one company that's having huge trouble financially in the United States? Huge. Used to be a big player. Used to be on the Dow Jones. Got the boot from the Dow Jones. One of the oldest companies to be on the Dow Jones and they completely poo-pooed their mess kit. GE. GE, their GE Capital um, Aviation. GE Capital Avi- Aviation. What they do is, and they're the, they're one of the top buyers of this plane, okay. Now again, It's the only American, it's the only foreigner in there. They're all Chinese uh, airlines and and, and other companies. But what they do is they lease, they buy the plane, they lease it back to airlines. And buying planes is not cheap. So what GE does, they'll buy it, they'll lease it back for eight years, it's a lease back, It, it works, okay? They primarily do Airbus and they do Boeing. Hey, there you go, Airbus and Boeing. China was able to get in. And they just got a few of these things going. But what we want you to understand, what I really want you to understand, is look at the complexity of what's going on. The headline news will be something like, oh, airline crash, Ethiopia, airline crash, Indonesia, immediately causation and correlation. No, no, no. Causation could be pilot error. Causation could be weather. Causation could be bombs. Causation could be nothing more than a lithium ion battery Hacked in the cargo hold and it caught fire and took these planes down. You don't know. You have planes that do, you know, it's serendipitous. Stupid things sometimes happen in bunches, but there's no correlation. You shouldn't jump. Now, if there's something radical going on, you got to make a fast decision. But in this case, you got to be patient as an investor. Nothing wrong with aviation companies. There's nothing wrong with governments and other so maybe we should pause in this, take a look, see what's going on, you make your inquiries, et cetera. Nothing wrong with that. But as an investor, are you an investor or a trader? If you're a trader, then you're 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 in and out of the market, you're trying to second guess things, you're trying to make money on the flip. Okay. But if you're an investor, you're looking at the long term. And if you're looking at the long term, you got to look at the additional issues that are going on. Now, how much more complex does this get? Well, GE is also in a real pickle because they sold a lot of long-term care insurance, grossly underpriced it. They've taken billions and billions of dollars of losses on these things. They're going to charge more money to their their policyholders coming up. And again, it's something that just has to be factored into the overall health of GE. That's a major item, but now GE has bought some of these Chinese C919s for their capital again lease back program. So, one of the could that be another one of those little items that's another black mark that could cause a problem with a company? So, we have an airline crash. How is it going to affect Boeing? How is it going to affect airlines? How is it going to affect GE? How is it going to affect the China US trade disputes? And will we see a, 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 something a little bit different when it comes to fishing? You no, know, President Trump has not said anything about the Chinese basically pillaging the fishing in, in South America. We have fishing disputes currently going on with, uh, with uh, uh, Canada. All these things get complex. And when people just simply throw fancy terms out there, and don't dig into the details. That's when you get into the real trouble. So here at Fixed Cost Financial, this is an example of a discussion that we're having about this event. It's not the only discussion, it's just one. And we call it Connecting Dots. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. If you have a comment or an idea, call 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864 and leave a message we truly appreciate your ideas and comments
1: thank you for joining us today this podcast was produced by fixed cost financial the home of fixed cost investing fixed cost financial is a true fiduciary based investment advisor where you will not pay more if you have more or receive less if you have less the way we do it as a true fiduciary it's better it's simple and it works You can find Fixed Cost Financial online at FixedCostInvesting.com, that's FixedCostInvesting.com.